0: we like to turn over to the book of Ruth. So let me pray, and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we just come to you now. We just thank you and praise you for this time. We do pray for Pastor Bill and the team in Cambodia. Lord, we ask that you pour out your Holy Spirit even there. But Lord, here we ask that you acquire our hearts down and our minds to be able to actually enter into your throne room with your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us to be able to be teachable. Help us to be pliable in your hands, to be molded in shape of the very love and grace that you have for us. So take this time as we go through the book of Ruth, help us to glean from your field the goodness that you have. And we ask this, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. In chapter one of Ruth, Ruth said these words to Naomi. He says, entreat me not to leave you. Or turn back from following you. For, for wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. And the Lord do to me more also if anything but death parts us, parts you from me. And I want you to hold on to those words and have God inscribe them upon the tablets of your heart. Because not only did Ruth end up saying these words to Naomi, I believe she's also making a proclamation to God. She had made a decision to follow the God that Naomi served. Each one of us had made that decision to follow Jesus. And there is no turning back. (laughs) There is a song that we sing. And that should be our war cry as we walk on this earth. In chapter 2, Ruth learns to work as a gleaner. Ruth gleams in Boaz field Naomi's kingman is Boaz There was a relative in Naomi's husband a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech his name was Boaz Naomi had a kinsman Naomi was related to this man Boaz through Her deceased husband, Elimelech, we don't know exactly how he was related, but he was. A man of great wealth. During the time of phantom, when Elimelech, Naomi, and her whole family had left the promised land and went to Moab, Boaz stayed behind, and God provided for him. In fact, God made Boaz a man of great wealth. So you look at that and you say, why did they leave? (laughs) And they had God. And it's something that we need to understand. Sometimes we do that with God. We don't feel his presence. We have a dry spell through our walk. And we think that he moved. And if you ask God, he would tell you, I didn't move. You did He's done that to me quite a few times. But 10 years before, Naomi and her family made a choice. And it was a choice made in a hard time, a time of famine. But they didn't have to make the wrong choice, they did. The people of Bethlehem had not perished from hunger. They were still there, and they were blessed more than Naomi's family. So sometimes our moving from God doesn't pay off. Sometimes we justify wrong choices because of difficult circumstances. But God will strengthen us and bless us and make right choices, even in difficult circumstances. The exact expression rendered a mighty man of wealth is elsewhere translated a mighty man of valor. Gideon heard those words. And it says, who, me? No. Perhaps, in, that's in Judges eleven one. Perhaps, we perhaps get the force of thinking of our word, night. And that's coming from Morris. A kingsman. This introduces an important word in the book of Ruth. The ancient Hebrew of Goel to say that Boaz was a goel, a kinsman, was more than saying that he was a relative. It was saying that that he was a special family representative and a chieftain in the family. So Ruth happens upon Boaz's field. So Boaz the Moabitess said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him, in whose sight I have, I find favor. And she said to her, "Go, my daughter." Then she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. Well, that's amazing. Who was the family? Was of the family of Elimelech? Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain. Leviticus nineteen. 9 to 10, commanded farmers in Israel that they should not completely harvest their field. They were commanded to cut down corners in harvesting and always leave some behind. Also, if they happen to drop a bundle of grain, they were commanded to leave it on the ground and not pick it up. This was one of the social assistance programs in Israel. Farmers were not to completely harvest their field so the poor and needy could come and glean the remains for themselves. This was a wonderful way of helping the poor. It commanded the farmers to have a gracious heart. It commanded the poor to be active and work for their food. And a way for them to provide for their own needs with dignity. Now that's different today. If we look around, there are people working less, asking more. And here God is saying to the farmers, don't take everything from your fields, leave it for the poor. So he was providing... And he still wants to provide for each one of us. Then she left, so Ruth, on her own initiative, set out to glean in the fields to support her and her mother-in-law, Naomi. This showed a wonderful, hardworking spirit in Ruth. And it was spiritual also. She would not have been more spiritual to sit back at home and pray for food. (laughs) sometimes we want to do that she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz it says that Ruth happened to come to that place and certainly that is how it seemed to her but it was not how it actually came to pass Ruth came to that field because God was guiding her she didn't know where that field was she was just going out to go glean get something to eat and so, where does God send her to Boaz field? This shows us uh, some of the wonderful ways that the individual, invisible hand of God works. If Ruth would have stayed home and waited for a spiritual feeling, she would have, she might have waited a long time and still probably would have gone through the wrong field. Instead, Ruth experienced the very natural moving of the supernatural hand of God. And that can happen within our own lives. Many times when we are really working, walking in the Spirit, we can only see the invisible hand of God by looking back. If we spend too much time trying to look for His hand ahead of us, we can make problems for ourselves. Boaz learns of Ruth. This is in 4 and 7. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant, Who was in charge of the reapers? Whose young woman is this? So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, it is a young Mobitus woman who came down with Naomi from the country of Moab and she said, Please, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Now, think back. Boaz is a relative of Naomi. (laughs) Ruth was married to Naomi's son of Elimelech. So she had a right just to go into that field to be able to actually glean. But that's not what you see here. What you see is a humble heart. Even though she had the right, she went and asked if she could do this. God gives us a right to come to him. But he also gives you a right to ask. And he's waiting for us to be able to give every circumstance that we go through. Every problem that you might see in your walk. He's just waiting for you to tell him. Okay, Lord, what do I do with this? Can I glean can I glean from your word the goodness that you have? The things that you want to teach me. This young lady had a heart that, and she's not an Israelite. She's from Moab. <laughs> and she's not the only one in that condition. There was Tamar, and then there was I forgot the name here. Rahab. Both Rahab and Tamar were Canaanites. And yet they're in the lineage of Jesus. Our Lord and Savior. Now consider yourself this. It says God has called you. You heard his call. You came to him. And now what he's saying. What feel? Are you gleaning from your education, your feelings, your emotions? Are you looking at the circumstances around you and wondering exactly how you're going to handle them? Or are you gleaning from my word, which is the truth? That can help you to be able to make the right decision, to send you in the right direction. This young lady, young as she is, understood she was a widow. But she didn't meet the criteria of being given a helping hand. She wasn't 60 years old or plus. She was young and she could work. This young lady's heart was changed by the very things that she said to her mother-in-law. In In return, God was hearing and saying, okay, I'm going to send my blessings to you in such a way. (laughs) It's just going to change your life. And that's what our God wants to do. He wants to be able to support us and help us. And sometimes I find myself even doing this, is wanting to correct what I'm going through. And yet, through His Word, I get an answer. And He puts me in the right direction and says, Oh, everything belongs to you. <laughs> it's all yours. I told you this when I came to you, take my life, you know, change it, make me anew, help me to be able to actually walk with you. And God gently comes and says, okay, so you're willing to give me everything that you have, which belongs to me anyway. And you want me to work it out in such a way that you will see my mighty hand move. And he's done that, not only to me, but to the ones that he had given me as a gift. My own family. I've seen this. And so have you. And that's why I can honestly say that this this book, this message, in this second chapter, is just leading to (laughs) what God had planned already for Ruth. The Lord be with you. It's a good salutation. How many times have we have come up to say, the Lord be with you. And the elders or the pastor would say, the Lord bless you. What a greeting. <laughs> what a way to be able as Christians to be able to say, the Lord be with you. And then in response get the Lord bless you. This shows us something of the heart of the character of Boaz. Apparently, his workers loved him and had good relationships with him. You often tell the real character of a man in the authority by seeing how he relates to his staff and by how they think of him. She said, please let me glean and gather. As the supervisor reported to Boaz, he told of Ruth's submissive attitude this is a sense in which the gleaning was her by right she had this right after all she could have quoted leviticus 19 9 and 10 back at him but she kindly and properly asked for the right to gather in his field And that's what God is asking us to do every day. Pick up my word and read it. Glean from that field. So she came and committed, continued from morning until now. Ruth may not have known it, but she was under inspection. The supervisor was looking at what kind of job she did, and he was impressed that she did a good job and the fact that she did a good job was important because it was a good impression on Boaz we are under inspection also at times when we don't know it we are being watched by others to see how we will walk with god and what they will see but and what they will see make a difference now boaz speaks kindly to ruth then Boaz said to Ruth, "You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go glean, do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close to my young women, let your eyes be on the field which you reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded your young men not to touch you?" And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Now stay close to my young women. These were Boaz's female field workers who tied together the cut stalks of grain. Boaz told Ruth to stay close to them so that she would be well taken care of. Do not glean in another field. God was blessing Ruth already. And all because he guided her to Bo- Boaz's field. Boaz knew that if Ruth stayed in his field, she would be blessed and fine. In Boaz's field, Ruth would find companionship among the other young women. In Boaz's field, Ruth would find protection. Have I not commended the young man not to touch you? In Boaz field, Ruth would find refreshment when you are thirsty. The kindness of Boaz was wonderful. At this time, we have no inclination of a romantic attraction between Boaz and Ruth. And we have no idea how Ruth looked. Even if she was pretty, she was pretty, probably pretty ragged from a whole day of hard work. Yet Boaz attended this kindness to her. Dirt all over the place. (laughs) No makeup. (laughs) If you can picture this, it's kind of funny. But yet he was attracted to her. And he showed his kindness. God sees us when we're battered up we don't even look like we should be looking as a Christian, but yet He looks at us with an attraction to Him. And He looks at us to be able to actually just draw us closer to Him. And He shows His kindness to us by giving us a breath every single day of this life that that belongs to Him. But yet He shows His kindness every day, and that's the way I look at it on my walk with Christ. Every day I wake up, I say, thank you, Lord. If it wasn't for your breath, I wouldn't be here. You know, I'd be home. Praise God for that. But yet he has an opportunity for each one of us to be used. And we should be able to actually get excited of that. That every morning that we wake up, we know that we're going to be walking with our God. He's going to be right beside us. He's not going to leave us or forsake us, but he's going to show his kindness to us. We find it pretty easy to be kind to others when we can see potential payoff from the investment of our kindness. Yet true kindness is shown when we extend ourselves to others so as far as that we can see have nothing to give us. In verses 10 to 13, Ruth thanks Boaz for his kindness. So she fell on her face bowed down to the ground and said to him, I have found favor in your eyes, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreign, foreigner. The, and Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you left your father and mother in the land of your birth, and have come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work, and a full reward given you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to, for refuge. Then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me, and have spoke kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Sounds like us. (laughs) We're foreigners. We don't belong in this world. We belong to Jesus. We're just passing through. And yet he's willing to show us his kindness. He's willing to actually come and say, Look, I will be with you. I will hold you by the hand. And when you fall, I will lift you up. It will be my strength that you need. It would be my joy that you so desire. If you desire peace, I am that peace. We look at other things in this world and they distract us from the one that loves us. And we go in different directions thinking with the education that we have, not understanding that that same education belongs to God. It is His. We have family members that are struggling, and yet we look at this and say, What can I do to be able to show them how much God loves them? And he says, Pray. Could you not watch and pray with me for one hour? Have you ever heard the Lord tell you that? I have. And it's a challenge. And I said, okay, Lord, that is your time. It belongs to you. You use it the way you want to. I'm just your servant. Empty it of myself and fill me with the things that you have. And this is what I see in this story. Why have I found favor in your eyes? Ruth's attitude was wonderful, and some of us would have said, well, that's, it's because time someone noticed. It's about time someone noticed. I've been working hard all day. Now God will give me the blessings that I deserve. We never see Ruth asking why all the hard, hard things have come upon her life. Instead, she asks, why this good thing has come? This is a significant difference in attitude. Since I am a foreigner, this is a con- continuously in Ruth's mind. She was a Moabitess, not a Israelite. She knew that on the basis of national background, she didn't belong. This made Boaz's kindness to her all the more precious. Do you see the precious love of God? In Do you see how much he loves you? He's willing to take you just the way you are. And each one of us, myself included. The Bible says that we should be kind to strangers among us. But this also applies on another level. Since our society is no longer structured around family, that's happening today, For many people, their most important circle of association is their friends. Socialists call this tribulation. We become part of a little tribe, a little circle of friends. The command to love strangers means that we should not only associate with those of our own tribe, and that we should always welcome those outside of our tribe. You know what I love about Calvary Chapel and Lakeside? They'll welcome anybody. When I first got here, (laughs) I got welcomed by a brother. And from there, I've always felt that love of Jesus in this place. And it's still here. You welcome me in, a stranger, one that came from another church. Not because I didn't love that church. Let me tell you something. God used me there quite a bit. And it was hard for me to be able to let go of that and come here. But that's what God wanted me to do. And I'm blessed. It has been reported to me this is a dynamic of small town life. Everybody knows everybody else's business. And yet it also shows that Ruth's devotion to Naomi mattered. And it was noted. The Lord repay you your work and full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel. Fittingly, Boaz encouraged Ruth as if she were a new convert to the Lord of Israel. In many ways, Ruth stands as an example as a new convert. She put her trust in, God, in the God of Israel She has left her former associations, associates. She had come in among strangers. She was very low in her own eyes and she found protection under the wings of the Lord. To be able to actually understand that last part, you would have to be able to have somebody that has chickens (laughs) and they have little chicks and they just hatch. And you see these nice little yellow with a little beak sticking out out of that mother hand's feathers. Then you'll get the idea of what God is saying. He says, you're under my protection. I will protect you. I will do the things that you want me to do. And the thing is, stay where you're at. There's warmth. There's protection. There's food for you. I will be your provider. So we need to look at those things in that way. And this is why Ruth fits right in. She's a stranger. She's not an Israelite. She's a Moabitess. And yet God is saying, come on in. We're sinners. We're all of us. We're sinners and yet God is saying today as much as it was yesterday or years before. Come to me. Come on to me. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, you should. And the reason that you should is because he loves you. And for those that have, understand to hold on to that very love that God has given you like It was your life because it is. You're not walking alone. You're walking with God. Hold on to the truth that he gives you every morning. You do your devotions, listen for his voice. Listen for his directions. And then look for his kindness in the things that are being done for you. Pray for one another. You know why? Because there's a verse in God's Word that says, He is interceding every day for us. He's still praying. He prayed down here. He prayed in the garden for each one of us. John 17 was covered by a brilliant here, And that is a true statement. That's the Lord's Prayer. Read it. Listen to the Lord that loves you. Listen to what he's saying. And then when you come in on Sundays with an anxiousness, a joy of knowing that God is going to speak, and you need to ask your heart, listen up. Listen to what the Lord is saying. And help receive exactly what he has for you. He loves you. He loved Ruth. In the same way, old Christians should be like Boaz unto younger Christians who are like Ruth. Observe that he saluted her with words of tender encouragement. For this is precisely what I want all the elder Christians among you to do to those who are counterparts of Ruth. I want you to make a point of looking out at young converts and speaking to them goodly words, comfortable words, whereby they may be shared and strengthened. And this is coming from Spurgeon. If you're an older Christian you have been given wisdom by God to be able to share with the young ones that might not have an understanding as close as you do they will watch you we watch Thursday night the youth it blessed both Pat and my heart to see a young man fill the gap pastor's gone Teaching has to go on. He did exactly what God wanted him to do. The message was great. <laughs> I was blessed. And that's what it takes. We have a shepherd in this place that loves you. And the reason I can say that is because this shows. When he stands up here and he encourages you to be able to continue on, though things are falling apart, and say, You know, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you, and may his face shine upon you. That's the shepherd that God has blessed us with. And I'm glad. And I'm blessed to be under him. Significantly, through all these words that were said to Ruth, they were also a prayer unto God for Ruth. Christians should pray for one another, especially older Christians should pray for new converts. The Lord of Israel, the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to refuge, Boaz, especially new Ruth, Commitments to God of Israel. This was his way of showing kindness and encouragement to a young believer in the Lord. Under whose wings, this is a beautiful picture. Imaginary of probably that of a tiny bird snuggling under the wings of a foster mom. It gives a picture of trust and security. So I've seen this because <laughs> I own chickens. And I got 20 hens and some of those hands were at one time little chickens. And I seen this, the little heads sticking out. Just as they finished hatching, they said, oh, they're very curious. They're wondering, oh, what's out there? You know? And they stick out their head, and then they pop it back on you. Know? And you keep watching, and they check out their head again, and their feathers are drying up, and finally they get to be able to walk sort of reminds us of our walk with Christ. But the Lord says, stay under the shadow of my wings, under my protection. Don't wander off somewhere else. I want you to be right there. I want you to be able to actually follow me when I talk. Hear, hear my voice. Recognize it. And when I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to you as a father to a child. As a husband to a wife. As a God to a sinner. He loves us. And He doesn't want us to glean from anywhere else. He says, Let me find favor in your sight. This is a very polite way of saying thank you to Boaz. Ruth was almost overwhelmed by his kindness and was polite enough to say thank you. When was the last time you thanked God for what he's been doing for you? When was the last time that you woke up with those very words of saying thank you Lord for the very breath that you give me? In Psalm seventeen eight it says, Keep me in the Keep me as the apple of your eye, hide me under the shadow of your wings. Psalm sixty three seven says, How precious is your loving kindness, O oh God! Therefore the children of man put their trust under the shadow of your wings. Psalm 67, 63, 7 says, Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wing I will rejoice. It's not time for us to hang our heads. It is time for us to pop up tall, put our shoulders back, and understand that we are in God's army. And he wants to use each one of us. There is no shame in walking with God. And there should be no shame in walking with him. Boaz continued to show great favor to Ruth. Now Boaz said to her at mealtime, come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the ritmers, and she passed Parched grain to her and she ate and was satisfied and kept some back and when she rose up to glean Boaz commanded his young men saying let her glean even the sheaves and do not reproach you or reproach her also grain from the bundles of, of, from the bundles fall purposely for her let grain fall from the bundles purposely for her leave it Leave it that she may glean it glean, and do not rebuke her. Dip your bread in the vinegar. Perhaps now we see the first hint of romance. Boaz shows great kindness and favor to Ruth in at mealtime, and it would be enough to have invited her, but she also invited her to share fully in a meal even the privilege of dipping. When was the last time you went to the meal with the Lord? That's when you pick up his word. That's the meal. That's the thing we need to understand. You pick up his word, you are dining with God. What a conversation that can be. She ate and was satisfied and kept some back. Ruth also was awakening... Awakens to some romance toward Boaz, she kept some back. She did not eat all that was offered to her, meaning that she did not want to seem like a greedy eater in the front of Boaz, and that she was sensible enough to take some home to Naomi. You stop at a chapter that you just finished reading yesterday. You pick it up the next day. Does it fit into this? <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't want to be greedy. You didn't want to take the whole thing all at once. No, I'm going to come back because there's something there I need to see. And that's the meal. You get hungrier. You want more. Ruth was satisfied because she answered the gracious invitation of Boaz. She was not one of the reapers, but she sat beside the reapers and ate as if she was one of them, and she ate and was satisfied. In the same way, those outside of of God's kingdom and its promise, they can sit among reapers at the invitation of Jesus, and by faith they can eat and be satisfied. When they come, when God draws them and they're sitting among us, they're being fed, just like us. She did eat and was satisfied. Your head shall be satisfied with the precious truth of, of Christ revealed. Your heart shall be content with Jesus as altogether lovely object of affection Your hope shall be satisfied for whom have in you in heaven but Christ. Your desire should be saturated for what can even the hunger of your desire wish for more to know Christ and be found in him. You shall find Jesus fill your conscience. It shall be a perfect peace. He shall fill your judgment. He will, you will know the certainty of his teachings. He shall fill your memory with recollection of what he did and fill your imagination with the prospects of what he is yet to do. You shall be satisfied. She let her grain among the sheaves. These was more generous than the command in Leviticus 19, 9 and 10. Boaz allowed Ruth to take some, of, some among the already gathered sheaves of grain and yet let some of the grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. This also is beautiful. Boaz wanted to bless Ruth. But he didn't want to dishonor her dignity by making her a charity case. Today in this world, that's exactly what we're doing. And it's a shame. And yet people grab onto that, more so than God. It is us. They need to be able to actually show the world that there is a God that can not only provide for them, but we be able to actually change their lives. It is our conduct, the way we talk to one another, the way we minister to one another, that they will see the Lord Jesus in us. In 17, and 18, she brings home the day's fruit to Naomi. So she gathered and gleaned in the field until evening and beat out all she, what she gleaned. And was about an ephod of barley. She took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. So she brought out and gave her what she kept back. She had been satisfied after she had been satisfied. I'm going to stop there. (laughs) And the reason I'm going to stop there is because it gives you a time to hold on and wait. What comes next? (laughs) Anticipation. It helps you to be able to understand that God has more to give us. And yet we want to actually be able to be like Ruth and say, you know, I'm going to set some aside for mom. But with Ruth, she was setting something aside for her mother-in-law. She was being the provider. Young as she was, she went out and worked the field, knowing that Naomi couldn't. And yet she was providing not only for herself, but for her mother-in-law we have the same opportunity. When we come here to God's field, into His throne room, we are gleaming, and we should be gleaming from His field. And that is why the question is, what field are you gleaning from? Hold on to that question and let it sink into your heart. And see if God doesn't bring an answer to the things that you're going through. My prayer for you is that God would actually show you the field that he wants you to go to. That when you pick up his word, you would see the fruitness that there is in it. That there is joy and peace in the very words that he has to say. In the very songs that we sing to a holy and righteous God that loves us may he bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you in such a way that when you walk out these doors you would know that god loves each and every one of you so let's pray heavenly father we just come to you lord we thank you and praise you for all that you're doing and all that you're going to do Lord, you are holy and righteous. We have no other to turn to. And Lord, as we sing this last song, help us to sing it from not only our voices, but from our very hearts. Help us to understand how much you love us, how much you do care for us. And we do ask, Lord, that you actually just pour your blessing upon Calvary of Lakeside. That the people that walk those sidewalks, Lord, will feel your presence. And they would know that you're calling. Lord, many are in need. Help us to be like Ruth, to work and glean from your field the goodness and love that you have. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.